It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm Gary McNamara, along with Eric Harley. Eric, Eric good morning. Thank you. Uh, let me say thank you for being here this morning. Why I'm, am I thanking you? I'm, you're I'm legally you're, you're obligated, obligated, obligated to be here this morning. I don't uh, know. Well, uh, in uh, by the way, in, in the news, Bernie Sanders is uh, out. I have the latest audio of Bernie telling America he is exiting stage left. Okay, fine. I quit. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm and <laughs> he, he should have done that. By the way, it's, he's about two months too late. Is he not? Okay, fine. Yes. Okay, fine. Here he is. Please know that I do not make this decision lightly. In fact, it has been a very difficult and painful decision. Over the past few weeks, Jane and I, in consultation with top staff and many of our prominent supporters, have made an honest assessment of the prospects for victory. If I believed we had a feasible path to the nomination, I would certainly continue the campaign. Uh, we'll get to that coming up here on the show. We've got so much to talk about. We'll tell you about the major medical group uh, that deals with respiration. Uh, has endorses hydroxychloroquine. Uh, the latest projections downgraded again for fatalities and those that will actually get uh, coronavirus. Antibody tests begin. I, I got this is one of those this is one of those stories where I looked at it and said, well, OK, they're beginning antibody tests here. And over here, they've already did last weekend a whole bunch. Then I'm reading a story that the FDA is holding up antibody testing. Something doesn't hold water. We'll go through all of it coming up here in just a couple of moments. Will we ever shake hands again no. or bring reusable bags to the grocery store again? Boy, has that. Think about it. New York just did it. New York did it here in just the last month, I believe, because I was back. I'm trying to think. I was back beginning of March, mm. and I know that they were talking about it, and I believe they implemented it right around that time. I didn't go into a supermarket, though, when I was back beginning of March. But I remember thinking to myself, do I got to bring a reusable bag? Now, all these cities and states had said, okay, this is a uh, a great idea. Oops. Uh-oh. If you bring in your reusable bags, you have viruses and things like that on that, and it is not the healthiest thing to do. So that coming up here, CDC guidance on essential workers. You know, there's a couple of things, because we were talking about that yesterday, and it was, well, we think that, you know, if you go in and you get your temperature taken every day before you go into work, maybe there are businesses that we can open up again. You and I had just talked about that yesterday, I swear, with a couple of the topics yeah, we right. brought up, people, the, the one... Like manufacturing uh, and, you know, the, right. the factories. Manufacturing yeah. and said, could, could you do that and say just... Yeah, and, and the CDC guidelines, and the, the, our, that great woman listener we had that always writes to us and says, do you guys have a mole? I was expecting to hear from her yesterday, except yeah. my email's down. My work emails. You've down. been locked out. I've been locked out. I think we all know why. <laughs> Got locked out on my desktop yesterday, and then uh, on my phone. When? What time was your last email transmission <laughs> on your phone app? Well, well, this this is the funniest thing because it <laughs> happened in the middle of the show yesterday when I tried to check my email on my right. desktop. Yeah. And then this morning when I woke up, I saw the same thing had happened, and the last time it would sync 
was 5 o'clock in the morning yesterday. So I wrote to you. I said, have I gotten fired? I can't tell you. Yes. Because <laughs> the email went out right at that, right at 5 o'clock. Deep right. voice guy is going to take your place. Tell him, where, <laughs> tell him where he's wrong. You can't. I'm being, uh, I'm being replaced by a robot? <laughs> Bot talk. Bot talk. <laughs> Eric and Bot. Yeah. Well, no. You know, we, all, we always wondered about that. We said, you know, eventually. Oh, no. Now I'm, now I'm thinking. You and I. Okay. So it's been almost 15 years we've been together. But yes. It was probably in that first few years where we started joking about the fact that they could get computers. They wouldn't have the computer voices or, you know, the, the, the fake sounding, you know, robot voice. Mm-hmm. But eventually they would have a real voice. It would sound human. Then you teach it what? Or I guess you program it for critical thinking. You have a conservative bot. And and back then... I know where you're going on we, we were just... It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in the year 2525. Thank you very much. That No, it's going to happen before we retire, probably. Well, we, we're going to have bot talk. We said when we first started working together, there was that story out that said robots will have rights mm-hmm. by 2056. Yeah. Now, you- I'm, I would be 90, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be screaming about that at my television or whatever's in front of me. I don't I don't know if we'll have TV then. I'll be 100. Yeah, you will be, won't you? Yeah. yeah. And they'll still be screaming at your TV. <laughs> Eric, I'm not going to talk on the air today about same-sex robot marriage. Just <laughs> yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. Oh, then you'll have the media wanting to talk to you about your, your secret to a long life. And you'll say, shut up. That's my secret. Ignoring the media. That's how I lived so long. My gosh. Okay. If they're this crazy now, what what will what will the media be like in twenty fifty six? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't but, know. Either. But it was interesting because we had talked about that yesterday. There there were two things yesterday. Uh one was that we said we're, we're going to look back, and this is when you look back at it, because we dealt with the unknown. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, and been talking to Dad, of course, every day this week. We've had some great conversations. Yeah. And and one of the things is there is going to be a cost benefit analysis that mm. everybody in this country will make. Yep. That may be unfairly applied to your favorite political candidate. Right. Because hindsight will be twenty twenty, and people will say, "I don't care if you didn't know it; you made the wrong decision." Yeah, right. And, you know, it, or you made the right decision. And that's just what's going to happen. And part of that is, and that's when we got into the discussion yesterday about, hmm, you know, could they bring back people? You don't use the cafeteria. You eat in your cars. Uh, you, everybody in, you know, must wear a mask. Uh, every, can you do social distancing at at work? And when could you possibly do it? That's, again, what the CDC is even uh, talking about. The other one is where we said yesterday the risk of the president holding those press conferences every day, which we believed and we said are turning more from information to the president sparring with the media every single day. We said it yesterday and we said, look, it can come out 
It could come out one or two ways. It could come out where the people say the press is ridiculous or the president shouldn't be sparring. He should just shouldn't take questions. Let Pence take the questions, whatever. Make the introduction, make your statement, and then let everybody else do it. And we said because there's a risk or there could be the the, the risk he's taking could be a benefit because people might say, well, the media really, really sucks. It could be one or the other. Wall Street Journal brought that up yesterday, said, yeah, right. uh, sorry, it's getting every single day. It's getting to be now the major part and the majority of the actual press conferences is Trump going back and forth with the press asking stupid questions and it's attacked back and forth. Yeah. And that's not, you know, it, and it's got nothing to do whether the president is right, because we believe the president's right based on the fact that we're not you're not operating in a vacuum. He's operating in the fact that he knows what the media has been doing to him for the last three years. Yeah. What we have stated is the risk he takes is the public doesn't care. No, nope. the public doesn't care about impeachment right now. The public doesn't care. And when we say the public, we mean independents who can make a difference in the presidential election. They don't care. Nobody's talking about impeachment. That's long gone. That's in past history. We forget what happened a week ago. We're in that bubble of today or a significant portion of us are. And the Wall Street Journal was bringing that up saying it's turned into now Trump versus the media every single day. Well, and, and not and, not that that doesn't have its place. Right. But the question is, will the public view it and say this got a place, but the place is not right here. We want information on coronavirus. Well, and, and it is we, we know that the left. Um, whether it's Democrats on Capitol Hill, uh, governors in blue states, or the media, they know how to, they know that they're very aware of how to push his buttons. So now they're, it, because what was it, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, no, we can't cover this anymore. We shouldn't cover it live. And so they moved away from doing that. And if you can't, if you can't get it at his base, I guess that way, if you can't remove him from the scene, essentially, which you can't, he's going to do the press event every night until this is over. Then you have to push his buttons. That, that's their MO. This is, they know right. what gets him going. And now they see it and. You know, Eric and Gary say it. Nobody pays attention. Wall Street Journal. They know that it's working. They know that there is the the activist in that room knows what to do. Right. That's well. That's the intent. Yes. As you said, they're right. playing. They're playing right. politics with it, and they yes. believe that if they can set him off and make him go back and forth, they're not running for political office. Nope. He is. Yep. And so they and, and again, I don't know what the final result would be. You can have it's it, it, by the way, it's been both ways. I've seen I've seen Democrats look at this and say, oh, man, I'm telling you, the press is just ridiculous. They're not asking the right questions. They're actually sympathizing. I've had Democrats that have told me they're sympathizing towards Trump. But mm -hmm. I've been some of the most loyal Trump supporters. Yeah. One woman, especially I know who has been absolutely Trump in the very beginning, told me I'll still vote for him. Yep. I can't watch. I can't watch him anymore. Right. I right, can't. Right. I cannot watch him do it. She said, "There's a time and place for the politics of it, but he keeps falling into the same trap of asking the same or, or being asked the same questions by the same people who are just attempting to attack him, and he responds in a political attack mode, mm -hmm. and it just doesn't come across as good. I, right, I right. just can't watch. And then the opposite from Democrats. So the thing is, if you're doing it, 
if you're doing something like this, and politics, by the way, people say, well, you're bringing politics into it. Politics isn't everything. Yes. It's just the reality right. of it. Right. you got to make sure that when you present these things, they're absolutely slam dunk every single time, especially in an election year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and look, we agree with what the president is doing. We agree with the press conferences every day. Um, the, but it, it likely, here's the, um, we, we said this, by the way, about Biden. If, if I'm on Biden's team as an advisor, don't do any interviews, run ads only, <laughs> contrived, edited ads, control what he is saying. Because right now, here's, here's the thing. Biden has this opportunity in this rare situation. He can't have rallies, but he insists on doing interviews. Now, much smarter people than me are telling or will tell you, well, he needs to be in the media as often as possible. He needs to be out there. Actually, quite the opposite for Joe Biden. For Trump, here's what I would say. Go out, make an announcement as to what was done. Take a couple of questions based on that. If someone throws a question at you, we've already covered that. And, you know, the whole uh, hydroxychloroquine, that all of that needs to be set aside. He needs to just tell them when they when they ask the question. We've covered that. Next question. Move on. Right. right. And because you you asked yesterday, are they going to keep asking the questions about the medicines? Of course they are, because they know it's going to set them off. And he needs to be as very he needs to be very blunt and move on and let everybody else that's on that stage answer their questions and just ignore the media. Also, will there be a short term small business deal coming mm. up? Uh, McConnell going to bring it up tomorrow for a vote. Mm. A defense official says the ABC story on coronavirus intel assessment was fake news mm. from ABC. Uh. That and more on the way. Plus your calls and comments. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Plenty of your phone calls uh, uh, coming up. Uh, a ton of audio, just a, a ton of audio from yesterday. I think we might as well start with the good news, right? Okay, Amer- fine. America's major medical society specializing in the treatment of respiratory diseases has endorsed uh, the hydroxychloroquine. Uh, for hospitalized coronavirus patients. Hmm. The American Thoracic Society issued guidelines Monday that suggested COVID patients uh, be given the actual drug. So uh, that is a good thing. And sorry here, but as I'm talking very slowly, it's because I printed up this story (laughs) from uh, the New York Post Mm -hmm. that cuts off the last couple of words of every sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be, parts of this story are untrue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, 
I'm sitting yeah. here reading this going, uh, wait a minute here, something is, uh, is, is, is wrong. You know, you would think with all the technology we have today, you could print something; it would be complete. That you could print something; it would be a super. It would be a super easy process. It doesn't work that and way. And everybody would would you know basically uh, get on the same system. Yeah. It's, it's it's about printing. That's all. Well, well, here's the thing. I don't. I, I probably own nine printers. You know why? Because when one doesn't cooperate, I said, "Okay, fine. I'll go to the store. I'll just get a new printer." The new printer will be much better. It's why in the world, why in the world would we do that? Why in the world would we just let, by the way, are you and I just thought of something. Are you and I the last two guys that print anything? Well, the only reason I print things is because I just, I don't trust computers. And if the computer system goes down, it's, yeah, simply, yeah, right, right, right. it's simply the backup. And so I, yeah. I use it. I could go straight to the article, which I will follow in the bottom of the yeah, hour. I'll get but, to the but we're, we're probably the last two, right, on the planet that need to print something. I don't know. Doesn't Rush still have his stack of stuff? Does he? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lesson, Rush. Good. Yeah. <laughs> only the old people. <laughs> <laughs> only, only old people print things. Only well, old people no, print I, things. No, I, I do it just as just as a backup because it has happened. Yeah. The computer's yeah, gone yeah. down. And oh, it's yeah. like, oh, good. I, You know, it might only happen once a year, but that once a year, if the computer goes down, the only the only other good thing is, uh, but, but if the if the Wi-Fi goes, it can affect our phone, too. That's the thing. Because yeah, we right. have used, uh, the computer has gone down before. <laughs> We've used our phone to do a show. I've actually done that. I, I was uh, filling in at WBAP with Hal J. Uh, I was filling in for Brian Estridge, our flagship station here in Dallas. And I went in and I didn't have anything. I didn't. My computer was completely down. So the entire show, I, I was doing everything <laughs> yeah. on my phone. You need, so, you need backups upon backups upon backups. Yes, you do. Or you can just quit. So I'll get to that com- complete story because it's actually you know really good news and mm. and uh, do you think this will shut the press up? Mm. No, no. Here's your forecast. Wet weather continues in the west for Southern California, mainly for Los Angeles southward and then up into the mountain ranges. That'll continue over into portions of Nevada, into Arizona as well as we get snow at the higher elevations. Rain at the lower elevations could cause some flash flooding. For the northern and central plains, we're dry. Rain lingers for Texas and portions of the Gulf Coast right on up through the lower Tennessee Valley into the Ohio Valley. Rain today will be centered into western New York, western PA, and portions of West Virginia. We still have a low-pressure system in Canada that's putting some potential snowfall into the northern areas of Wisconsin and Minnesota and Michigan. And then there's some snow in the New England states today. So snow not totally out of the picture in many areas of the country. Inching our way to the weekend, there's a look at your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trout. Take solace. 
They're still here every night. Yelling. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara <laughs> on Red Eye Radio. <laughs> Nobody's yelling. They're... <laughs> he was going to say something else. I, that's why I paused. I shut him up. I can't believe I, I started talking. I heard him and I stopped. I didn't want to interrupt. I can't interrupt deep voice guy, can I? No. Uh, so I got the story here. I, I went to my I went to my backup on the computer. Uh, uh, America's major medical society specializing in the treatment, this is from the New York Post, of respiratory diseases, has endorsed using hydroxychloroquine for seriously ill hospitalized coronavirus patients. The American Thoracic Society issued guidelines Monday that suggested COVID-19 patients with pneumonia get doses of the anti-malaria drug. To prescribe hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine to hospitalized patients with COVID-19 pneumonia, if all of the following applied, shared decision-making is possible. Data can be collected for interim comparisons of patients who received hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine versus those who did not. See the illness is sufficiently severe to warrant investigational therapy. And D, the drug is not in short supply, the Thoracic Society said. Mm. So there you go. Yeah. And that came out, I believe it was Monday. I believe that, uh, that uh, had uh, come out Monday or Tuesday. All right. Uh, the Thoracic Society said its guidelines are based on input from an international task force comprised of doctors from medical centers that are currently treating COVID-19 patients. But did they vote for Trump? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, here's here, you saw over the weekend. Well, no, I'm sorry. You saw it was the previous weekend when all was approved on the two and a half billion. The people on 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 in the media or well on social media. You know, you shouldn't take this if you didn't support Trump. You shouldn't take this. Yeah. Well, Congress passed it, and it was a back and forth. Yeah. Okay hydroxychloroquine if you're a liberal you shouldn't take it it was what trump was pushing you shouldn't do that don't do that don't cave <laughs> don't cave <laughs> well i think the babylon Bee covered that yesterday I, did they well not? it was you know oh, every single day the points they make in satire are greater points than you see anywhere else with the exception of you know Molly Hemingway and 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 Wall Street Journal and Andrew McCarthy and the handful of people that actually do work, John Solomon. I mean, aside from from, and that's a very small group. You know, we were well, we were going to do FISACon. Remember that? Yes, remember that. Remember yeah. FISACon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, um, just to let everybody know, FISACon has been canceled because of the <laughs> coronavirus. And we don't want people congregating. Um, however, we thank you for your support. FISACon oh. has been canceled. Right. Sorry, the uh, early uh, <laughs> the early fees that we received from yes. you are not refundable. They, they are not. No, they are not. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't cause uh, this all this to happen. We are We're, not responsible for it. We will be po- pocketing all the proceeds from FISA. Yes, we will. We will uh, to buy Twizzlers. And um, because the idea, for those that don't know, we were going to actually get all of those in the media that that were actually doing the work. And, it, you know, it's a number of them. It's it's um, probably 12 people. <laughs> and even doesn't. Um, and we were going to have this big convention. It wouldn't be Comic-Con. It would be FISACon. FISACon, yes. And it would be go back to, of course, 
the whole Russian collusion thing and, and how it's been covered, we think, in a very, very great way by so many uh, in the media, by, by that, well, it's a small group, but that group of people. And we would have them on stage and, you know, we would have a panel every day. Uh, we would have some probably live music. Everybody could dress up as, uh, I don't know, Comey, <laughs> Peter Strzok. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know how it would, would work uh, in the cosplay, but it, we'd make it happen. Uh, but it's been canceled. So maybe next year. Well, it's uh, interesting. And they said, look, you know, we, we because you have a pandemic like this, this, this isn't normal times. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost mirroring what Trump said. People are dying now. Yeah. And so in times like this, you don't have the luxury to go through, you know, the normal clinical trials that you would go through. We had a caller right. yesterday who brought up a great point. They said they're not going to give. They're not going to give placebos to people who are sick. Right. So you can't have a clinical trial right now because they're not going to go through that process when in New York City is saying, okay, we're going to give you the placebo and you the regular drug. Not going to happen. It's not going to, so you're not going to have that. So you need to, you need to give it out and you need to gather, as they said, you need to gather data. You need to be able to gather data and keep the data on it, which of course you should uh, be doing. Now, this story came out. Researchers at Stanford Medicine are working to find out what proportion of Californians already have had COVID-19. The new study could help policymakers make more informed decisions. The team tested 3,200 people at three Bay Area locations on Saturday using an antibody test for COVID-19 and expect to release the results in the coming weeks. The data could help to prove COVID-19 arrived undetected in California much earlier than previously thought. The hypothesis that COVID-19 first started spreading in California in the fall of 2019 is one explanation for the state's lower than expected case numbers. Uh, This is from uh, KSBW.com, just so people know. uh, From uh, As of Tuesday, the state had 374 reported COVID-19 fatalities in a state of 40 million people compared to New York which has seen 14 times as many fatalities and has a population half that of California. Social social distancing could be playing a role, but New York State's stay-at-home order went into effect on March 22nd, three days after California implemented its order. Something is uh, going on that we haven't quite found out yet, said Victor Davis Hansen, a senior fellow with Stanford's Hoover Institute. Hmm. We've played his audio cuts before. Yep. Very smart guy. Hansen very critical thinking guy. Hansen said he thinks it's possible COVID-19 has been spreading among California residents since the fall when doctors reported an early flu season in the state. During the same time, California was welcoming as many as 8,000 Chinese nationals daily to the airports. Some of those visitors arriving on direct flights from Wuhan, the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak in China. When you add it all up, it would be naive to think that California did not have some exposure, said Hansen. For years, California has been the number one travel destination for Chinese tourists in the United States. Even after the U.S. halted flights from China this winter, Chinese travelers were still able to come to California on flights from Europe and Canada. Hansen said, though, all of... Uh, 
said through all this, the Chinese have been disingenuous in the timing of the initial outbreak of COVID-19. They originally said it was in early January, then backdated it to December, and then early December, and now they're saying as early as November 17th, Hansen uh, said. So it's interesting that they're going through uh you know those antibody tests you had the county also in colorado that is doing it right is going to give it you know uh, apparently to everybody in an entire rural county mm. and and so you've got uh you've that you've got that going on and i want to find the story that i said okay please somebody explain to me uh all of this because here it is from fox from yesterday, pharmaceutical executive claims FDA red tape holding up coronavirus antibodies test. Mm. Dr. Stephen McColgan, chief medical officer at California-based Vivera Pharmaceuticals, told Tucker Carlson on Wednesday that his company's rapid coronavirus antibody test is ready to be deployed, but is being held up by red tape at the Food and Drug Administration. We have a rapid antibody test, and the key to this is this is part of the solution to the crisis. It identifies patients that have immunity, and it identifies people that can give plasma to critically ill patients. It was developed in Germany, uh, and he, he described the test as high quality, high value, adding that its deployment is part of its company's goal to get Mar- America back to work and to make America well again. So uh, many experts see the rollout of rapid coronavirus antibody test as a key step towards ensuring that many restrictions on economic activity is lifted. Now, there's a difference between this and the antibody test that they're talking about California that they've already taken or Colorado is that these aren't the rapid tests. Mm. Is that yeah, the difference? Right, because right. in one case, we're saying, well, the Food and Drug Administration won't allow us to do it. So I have a question. Are they two separate tests? And they're calling this the rapid one, which means we can get this right away and get the results right away. Mm-hmm. And if we can do it here immediately and get massive uh, you know, antibody tests that are out there that we can know very, very quickly. Uh, right. You know, if the population has been uh, affected and therefore immune. Mm-hmm. Right. And even I think the preliminary, some of the preliminary conclusions from the um, uh, from the Colorado test that I was reading earlier today you know, increase the number of people that they believe. And again, that's a very rural county. Mm-hmm. But taking their statistics of who has it in a very rural county, they had it up to 10 million, not 400 and something thousand. Right. Hmm. But you're talking about a county was extremely sparse. Right. So if you add, if you take the entire country and do it, if that test came out as 10 million, we've asked this question. Are there 50 million or 100 million people that if they take the antibody test will come back positive for the antibody, which means they've had it. Therefore, we have a huge number of Americans that are immune, and you totally lower, completely lower, the fatality rate of it. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, It's, you know, I I think maybe one of the silver linings, right, out of this whole situation could be that we could start expediting uh, FDA approval on a number of things, not just this. Uh, it is different when a drug is in R&D mode and research and development mode uh, because there are so many unknowns. But still, there are, I don't know, how many, how many years have we been talking about the FDA approval process being so slow? 
Um, not that you would rush everything because it's not going to be, it's 99.99999% of the time, it's not a pandemic. But could you see other uh, drugs that are beneficial in other areas? Could you see a, a greater, I guess, efficiency from the FDA? The president actually talked about that in 2016. I mean, he railed on Big Pharma. And then he got a number of them, the CEOs that they came to the White House, and the word got out that he was so, you know, in person, you know, he had a serious discussion, but he gave them a, a personal tour of the White House himself, and he wanted to sit down, and basically he was, the, the conversation went between, all right, um, the the whole patent thing, which is, what, 20, 25 years, but that, that also includes, that's day one from research and development. It right. could It could take... 12 years to get 15 years to get approval well if you can lower that then you can get generics on the market sooner which um, would lower the price which would lower the price for the consumer right um, um but but again i mean i'm i'm hopeful that we get through this and there are some lessons that we take from this and we can benefit from long term well the to to uh, again not being a doctor not trying to be one wall mm-hmm. street journal was talking last week about the fact that the fda is saying you got to make sure that this test this yeah. new test yeah. is absolutely it, that you're on the absolute right virus right you've got to ensure it because if you put out masses of these tests and you're actually identifying the wrong virus mm. and that can happen yeah sure they said then it, you're it's a waste of time right, right then you completely in fact you destroy all the numbers that you've gotten so far. So you've yeah. got to make sure that it's right on. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you who's right on that. Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know whether it's a pharmaceutical companies or the FDA. Right. And and so, uh, you know, do I want it out there as soon as possible? Yes, but it has to be accurate. And that's the uh, that's big pharma's position all, you know, I think from the beginning. It, we spend hundreds of millions of dollars in research and development. We want to make sure we're right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm just looking here. I just happened to find this at Real Clear Politics has their coronavirus global death tracker. And they hmm. have the number of tests that have been taken. Right. And they have 2.2 million tests in the United States. Next closest is Germany with 1.3 million tests. Hmm. <laughs> I love uh, Is it uh, China? China? Uh, unknown. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's known. It's not known to the right people. That's a problem. I saw that. I was like, okay, then how do you come to any type of analysis if it's uh, if it's unknown? Yeah, you can't. Um, it, it's, you know, this is, again, we, we have to basically take China out of any data. Any statistics that come across, you can't include China. This hour's news is brought to you by Travel Centers of America, home of World Blends Coffee, the freshest roast on the road.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm Gary McNamara along with Eric Harley. This hour brought to you by Freightliner. Run smart. Helping you run more efficiently is Freightliner's number one goal. Okay, we're down to two. Today, I congratulate Joe Biden, a very decent man, who I will work with to move our progressive ideas forward. So there you go. Now, on social media, some uh, Bernie Sanders supporters that uh, I uh, that uh, I monitor said things like this. Oh, man, I can't believe this. Well, we all and you could tell the way they wrote it. We all have to get behind Joe Biden now. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. I mean, um, well, but OK, Everything right now is measured. It really is. And will be for a long time. Pre-COVID, post-COVID. Mm-hmm. For the far left. Again, you know, Bernie, basically in that audio you just played, saying we're going to try and move Biden further to the left. We need him to be more liberal, right? Um, it was, I, I think it was a given that some Bernie supporters would vote, they would hold their nose for Biden and they would do it. But I'm guessing actually right now there's probably a greater number of them that would do that. Post-COVID, uh, they're good because, you know, it, because Trump actually, he actually started COVID. That's going to be the next thing. He's actually responsible for the disease and virus itself. Um, but I could see more of them right now. Post-COVID, Bernie supporters saying, okay, Biden's the guy. We'll support Biden, anybody but Trump. Well, the influence, WSJ, Wall Street Journal pointed out today, the influence that Bernie Sanders had on Biden. Hmm. Biden, for example... Promises free community college plus free four-year university for every family earning under $125,000 a year. Okay. Uh, He wants, uh, he's resisted Medicare for all, but wants a government public option for Obamacare. And as Aim noted, Obama couldn't even get that through Congress in 2010 despite a Senate supermajority. Biden's proposed tax increases total $3.4 trillion over 10 years. If you're happy right if. If you're happy and you think you know it, don't clap your hands because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're getting you know the the cut of these checks now. Uh, if you plan on raising, which would roughly be three hundred and forty billion dollars a year, right? Yeah. And now we've got this debt added on to it. It's going to be a ton more. There's going to be taxes on the middle class. Mm-hmm. You will get taxed in the middle class. Uh, twice what Hillary suggested in 2016 is what Biden has now suggested. His climate plan runs $1.7 trillion over a decade and calls for construction of a transcontinental high-speed rail. 
Okay. And his pledge at the last debate, no new fracking. Mm-hmm. Biden, this is, remember, as they, as they point out, this is the middle-of-the-road Democrat in 2020. Yeah, right. What they fail to point out, though, the Republican candidate is the one on the Republican side, Mr. Trump, mm-hmm. that is talking about a $2 trillion infrastructure bill. Mm-hmm. So understand, that's the Republican Party. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that's... In 2020. It, it, we've been talking about this for years, how the Republicans have been moving left, further and further left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, if, if... When it comes to spending... If there was a president... Look, if there was a president in the history of the Republican Party since I've been a talk show host mm. for 31 years now that ever suggested a $2 trillion infrastructure plan they'd be run out of washington oh yeah republicans would turn their backs in two seconds and say we cannot have that kind of socialist in the white house well so the democrat party has moved to the left but so has the republican party yeah yeah. in major terms yeah 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 uh look i um you spend two and a half trillion you decide to spend two and a half trillion dollars the way they did recently the effect of that, and we can, again, we've talked about, okay, who should get it, who shouldn't, who didn't, and who did. But it's not It's not even that. It's the amount. It's the $2.5 trillion. If you'd gone back to, um, I don't know, August of last year, the government needs to plan to spend $2.5 trillion on a pandemic we think is going to happen. Gosh, you don't have to go back to August. Well, go back to February or March. Can we? Can we? Early move, March. Can we move ahead to the possibility that it will be over three trillion by Friday? Because, oh yeah. Because yeah, McConnell yeah. wants to bring it up today. Yeah. Right. The, to the uh, to add another. Is mm-hmm. uh, it's two hundred fifty billion? Right. Yes. They want to add yes, two hundred yes, right. fifty billion. The Democrats want to tag on more than two hundred fifty billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would make it. Another half a trillion dollars, which would be added on, which means in two weeks, three trillion dollars. And remember, the president wants to add two more trillion onto that. That would make it over five trillion dollars in spending within just a month. Well, and you look at the two hundred and fifty billion, you know, for small business and everything. It, it the average American isn't looking at that as helping them because they're going to get. To, they're looking right now at their bills that will come due May 1st. Well, you gave me all this money, but I still need more money, and I'm going to need more money on May 1st. So do something for me. So adding another half a trillion, <laughs> another half a trillion, I don't think it's going to stop there. I, I, I don't either. And you think about it, uh, that $3 trillion we will have spent in two weeks yeah (laughs) and the most frequent email and correspondence i have gotten this week on an issue Mm -hmm. has been each and every person who doesn't believe i've gotten a ton of sally brown's Mm. uh charlie brown's sister a charlie brown christmas Mm -hmm. all i want is what's coming to me all i want is my fair share i have gotten tons of of correspondence from people 
saying that exact thing. I'm not getting mine. So you can even spend $3 trillion in two weeks. Yep. And you're going to find millions upon millions of Americans that say, they got something and I got nothing. Where's mine? That's exactly what I said weeks ago when, when all this, when the thought of putting it all together, you know, just, uh, they were, you know, the talk, just the discussions around it were happening. Well, you're never going to, and, and, and those that got something. Yeah, but, but that was last week. What about this week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you're right. We it could be three trillion by it could be three trillion because another over five hundred billion. If the Democrats get what they want, mm-hmm. uh, I think McConnell's going to try to push through just the two hundred fifty billion. Right. But think about think about this within and was the hill dot com whatever. But uh, I forgot, probably a number of articles written yesterday saying as soon as they passed the bill, the day after they went, oh, it's not enough for small business. Well. We, we've we underestimated right. the damage to the economy after one day. So you're right. It could be $3 trillion. It could be without even adding without even adding in the $2 trillion of infrastructure that the president is talking about, which, by the way, he's alone talking about it. He's, right. talking, he's right. talked about it a few times on the podium. And it's as if the Republicans and even Democrats are just ignoring they're not even normally Trump will say anything and they'll they'll comment on it. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if and I don't know if you, we talked about this. It's almost as everybody's just ignoring him. Okay, we're just not going to deal with it. The president can keep saying it. Right. We just won't say. We just won't answer the question. Right. We just won't right. deal with it. Right. And the reporters aren't going to ask the question because they're not really interested in that. Nope. And the fact is, since that's something Democrats would like to do, they're not going to mention it much because uh, Trump's saying it. Mm-hmm. And so we'll just keep that one quiet. I'm really amazed because normally anything that comes out of Trump's mouth, as we know, the media will go bonkers over. But it's almost when he said it again the other day and then about 12 hours went by and I said, nobody's commenting on it. No. It's the president saying, let's add two trillion. It's it's almost his climate change and race are the biggest problems that Democrats were promoting. Right. right. But in a very accelerated fashion, because it's only been what a week two weeks that he's been talking about it mm-hmm. but even without the two trillion of infrastructure if this goes on and we saw yesterday that what was the administration predicting another four to eight weeks you have eight weeks you're gonna need another bailout oh yeah easy oh i, I mean it's you, it's you could be up to five or six trillion oh yeah If this thing continues without even having an infrastructure bill. Yes. Look, it's the the wheels are off on spending. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And if nobody cares now, and if you have set up more of a pathology of dependency, I have a problem. The government needs to take care of it. Not only take care of it, but give me more than I would even make if I was employed. Yep. That's the mentality that the government now has set up with a significant portion of Americans who expect the government, they don't care where they're going to get the money from. As we've talked about before, do the numbers. You can't get it from the top 1%. No. The middle class doesn't wish to be taxed anymore. Right. right. So you just keep piling on the debt and just quietly accepting that great morality that we have come to as a nation, which is we're just not going to talk about the fact that we found the perfect loophole to taxation without representation, tax tax our children our grandchildren our great-grandchildren they're not alive yet yep so we found the perfect loophole and so that's the thing and you mentioned it early look if you do this during these times and you pay people more the government provides a 
more wealth to people. That's their belief than even working a job does. Yes. Then in in a time of disaster, then they're always going to be in a time of disaster, and there will be that pathology of dependency that exists. That the government it it'll be Ken, <laughs> Kevin and Ken on steroids. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a. It, we we saw it after the recession. We saw it after two thousand nine. It it kept going this this idea that the government needs to be there the big government needs to be there and the banks got their bailout i want mine and now we've given you know millions of people their bailout their personal bailout others didn't get it and they're asking why they didn't get it and the ones who did a number of them are saying it wasn't enough i that's the most this, frequent email that I've re- received right. on an issue yeah. over the last two weeks is, I, I, I'm not getting mine. Right. Where's where's my check? Right. And nobody's nobody's concerned and saying, why are we doing this? Why are we putting this on future generations? You know, what kind of pathology of nope. dependency are we saying? Nope. Everybody. And these are people that listen to our show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And their major concern, where's mine? Where's mine? Not all of you. We know that the the, the majority of our audience, our audience is unique mm-hmm. and saying, oh, man, you know, we do have a moral responsibility not to do this to future generations. Mm-hmm. It's just not talked about because it's so uncomfortable. Yep. That's the thing. People won't talk about race. No, the one thing people won't talk about, actually, we'll talk about race. We'll talk. The things people don't want to talk about are the really the real things that make them feel uncomfortable. And that's putting our burden of what we do now in the good times. Bad times, you can understand taking on debt, right? Yep. yep. But we got to this point because we're doing it in the good times, and there's an expectation that I got to get mine, and we just, it's too uncomfortable to think about the fact that we're, we are doing it by generational theft. Mm-hmm. We're taking it from our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Tips from J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated on preventative maintenance. Spring cleaning. We've all heard the phrase spring cleaning. Spring is the time when homeowners address all those winter projects that the weather did not allow. Windows are washed, home exteriors are cleaned, and any nicks and scrapes around the house are addressed. You can take a similar approach while on the road with your truck. Spring is a good time to give it a good washdown. The cab, the undercarriage, the entire vehicle. Wipe that mud, sand, and dirt off the truck. The debris may have covered license plates, IFTA stickers, or other important state registration numbers, or even defects. Maintaining clean trucks also gives you, and your company, a better sense of professionalism. When potential clients see clean trucks on the road... They'll leave a positive impression. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This has been the Meritor Driver Report, brought to you by Pilot Flying J, Shell Rotella, and Meritor Aftermarket. Run with the bull. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. This hour for Freightliner. Run smart, helping you run more efficiently as Freightliner's number one goal. So uh, here we go. We got uh, Joe Biden. There it is. We're all set. There's not going to be an Andrew Cuomo, right? Yeah, there is. <laughs> Bernie was ushering in Andrew Cuomo. I'm just well, going to start that rumor well, right now. Well, again, though, Bernie trying to keep all of his delegates. Mm, yeah, right. You saw that one. He's trying to still get more delegates. Yeah. He's out, but he wants more delegates. Yeah. But the fact is, this means now that we, we have seen that. And I wonder if he saw what we saw. Which, of course, he had to with the internal polling that uh, even though Biden had a horrible performance over the last month, that he still was keeping in many states 20, you know, super double-digit leads over Bernie. It's, what do we see in Wisconsin? The last poll, and we won't know the actual numbers on that. I heard as maybe late as Monday, but with a 28-point lead in the polling going into Wisconsin mm-hmm. over Sanders. right? It's like Sanders... And we said this, you saw the numbers, you saw everything turn when Sanders got on his, uh, you know, promotion of what's good and the positives of a communist dictatorship. Yeah. To the point where he had people on the left say, you can't do that. And did he back off or say, no, no, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying? Nope. He doubled down and he tripled down on it. We remember the week that it happened. As we were here, we said, what is he doing? Is he trying to lose? Yeah, right. Uh, It was, you know, it's funny because I think my theory on it is that Bernie saw the party going further left. And he went full on. And he looked back and nobody wanted to follow him. Everybody in the party was going, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, James Carville, uh, you had uh, Rahm Emanuel, you had all these people who I guess now are the establishment Democrats. And these are people who are far left. But Bernie, no, 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 no. We're not going to go down that road with you. And he's, he's, he's just looking at what happened, guys. Come on. We've been doing this for years. Yep. It was you. You guys were. We're with me. You guys even talk about the same ideas that I'm promoting. Why aren't you why aren't you behind me? The fact of the matter is is that Bernie like like a far right conservative is unelectable because again, you're only going to have a you know, a portion even of their own party that is going to support that. Bernie's Bernie hasn't changed in years. No. He's been talking about these ideas for years. Remember, the party just didn't want Biden. They just didn't want no, Biden. No, no. And, and it was almost as if, okay, here comes Bernie. Yep. Because there's no way he can self-destruct. Right. Boom. There it is. I love communist dictatorships. Yeah. Eh, can't deal with that one. Six six ninety red eye. We're taking your calls on Red Eye Radio. 
And he is Eric Honing. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. This hour brought to you by Freightliner. Run smart. Helping you run more efficiently is Freightliner's number one goal. We go to John in New Jersey. John, welcome. You're on Red-Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? Very good. Uh, you had spoken about the $2 trillion, soon to be possibly $5 trillion that Trump wants to go into. Well, I recall Obama speaking about a needed infrastructure, and it is needed. But the thing of it is, when you're talking about people, I guess, getting emails about people getting checks and them not getting theirs, my contention is that the government caused it, especially the state government, because not one governor was prepared for this. No one had a plan to just arbitrarily shut down to take over businesses and put people out of work. So if some business fails because of poor planning on the owner's part, that's one thing. But when the government comes in and arbitrarily puts people out of work, sorry, the government owes people to make them whole. And yeah, if the, the $1,200 the stimulus right, the, check right, the someone's inf- getting doesn't cover their bills, the government has to make them whole. They are responsible. Right. But uh, unfortunately, the government is not a separate entity from the people. Understood. Right. You're just you're just getting you're 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 robbing Peter to pay Paul. And in, in in this but case, in, in but again, we we're not we're not debating that. We didn't say that the government doesn't have a role. In fact, we specifically said in the last segment, government does have a role. We're not talking about in the in bad times like this. There are exceptions to the rule. In fact, we said there are exceptions to the rule when the government should go into debt, and this is one of those cases. We are comparing it to the good times, though. We're comparing it to the fact that. We're not comparing it, but we're making the statement that if people can make more on unemployment, then they can actually working and a lot more in a lot of cases. You continue to create a pathology of dependency of people that the federal government's not only going to take care of them, but make them do better than when they were actually when they actually had the employment. And that to us is a negative. On the infrastructure plan, talk about infrastructure any other time. Infrastructure has nothing to do with this particular situation right now. And using Obama and saying Obama was for it, and I don't know, it sounded like you were saying that that gave it credibility. Maybe you weren't, but that's what it sounded like to me. I would disagree. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying that people have been speaking about it's much needed since at least his administration. And that's true. And you are correct at a point that if you're going to give people extra on top of the normal unemployment benefits, it can create a dependency, which is why there has to be an end date and it, it ends and there's no exception. And well, I mean, I there's a, there's an end, there's an end date right now, but that that it may be it may be extended. Uh, I just think if this thing goes further, it will be extended. Look, the infrastructure, as far as I'm concerned, we saw it with the Obama administration. In fact, the whole job, you know, jobs ready thing, which was mm-hmm. a complete waste. We saw where that money went. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's, and again, uh, you know, is infrastructure needed? As we have stated before, when you look at the infrastructure for most of the United States on roads and bridges, it's better than it was in 1990. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't gotten worse. It's actually gotten better. Right. Are there problems yet? Yes. Let the states do it. Right. Why is the federal government coming up with an infrastructure plan 
now. Sorry, got to delay it. Well, we, it, we've we've got you know three trillion, four trillion more in spending that could create deficits that we haven't even imagined mm-hmm. coming up. And if you wish to do the infrastructure, tell the American people they got to pay for it because we bailed you out here. See right. if the American people are willing to pay do for the separately. infrastructure. Do it separately. Right. I don't think that's unfair. If the American well, people, if the infrastructure is that bad, as you're saying, well, then with this emergency here, the American people, they should state that the infrastructure has to be paid for in taxes by the American people. And if the American people are willing to do it, then let's go forth with infrastructure. Well, and, and you look at the, um, uh, the, the, the whole talk surrounding infrastructure in, in the past has always been it it continues to be the the umbrella covers it all political term infrastructure is always needed we always have to spend money on infrastructure right but when you say instead of because what was the one bill uh year i think it was in 2018 and they they passed, uh, and it was basically twenty billion a year over ten years for infrastructure that the president, you know, wanted. Now we're talking two trillion. It's it's a given that we will be spending on infrastructure. Our concern isn't that we're spending on infrastructure; it's how much we're spending. On infrastructure or how much is being promoted and what the president wants. Two trillion. Break that down. Break that down for me. I mean, it was only going to cost the wall. <laughs> the wall was only only going to cost twenty five billion. Well, if, think about that. If we if we wish to look, here's what I'll give you. If infrastructure is that important to the American people, then tax them for it. Mm-hmm. Say. You all claim you want infrastructure. We have to pay for it because of the emergency that we've been in. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend three, four, five trillion dollars uh, that we are putting on future generations. If we wish to improve our infrastructure for what we want today, let's do two trillion dollars in infrastructure. And we will first, before we spend that money, we will ensure that we raise specific taxes mm-hmm. and we will have infrastructure bonds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go buy infrastructure and, bonds. And you know something? <laughs> it would fail miserably. Right. The American people would not be for new taxes to pay for infrastructure, and they would not buy infrastructure bonds to build it. Okay, or try the, and they've talked about this, raising the federal fuel tax. Yes. Taxi America. Why, why is it? Why is it they couldn't get that done? And remember, the president didn't say that. The president said we're going to borrow the money because it's cheap now. Right, right. Not not tax you right. ten cents a gallon more. You couldn't get away with that again. If you if you if you said to the American people right now, the president or anybody on Capitol Hill said this, we're going to raise the fuel tax by ten cents a gallon. People would be furious. Well, you need to raise it more than ten cents a gallon if you plan to raise two trillion dollars <laughs> for gonna infrastructure. Get, if you're going to two trillion, we'll yes. Go back to Ross Perot. Right, fifty cents a gallon. Fifty cents a gallon is what he talked about. Right. But if you you know look, gas prices. I just saw a dollar 
8.37 on the way to work. Mm-hmm. So now's the time to do it. We raise, ga- we raise gas prices to $10 a gallon. Yeah. Seriously, I, I don't know what you need to get $2 trillion. When we talk right. about gas tax, right. we're talking about what? They're talking about raising maybe, what, $60, $70 billion if they raise it 50 cents? Yeah. Right. Well, that doesn't cover anything. You need to raise two trillion dollars in gasoline. I think that it's it's fair. It, don't don't you believe that's fair? I believe that's fair. People said we hear the infrastructure's needed. We've got to have it. We've got to have it. Mm. Fine. We have taxed the daylights out of our children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. Should we pay for something that we believe we want now? Should we tax for it and pay for it now? Right. I think it's fair to say yes, but. If you did, if if the government attempted to pass the federal government, mm-hmm. a fed, and this is along with Medicare for all oh, yeah. and free college, yes, and and everything else, let's ask that question: Should Medicare for all be paid for right up front by everybody? Should free college for all be taxed right now and not put on to future generation? Right, all these new programs that we want. The American public is taxed for it. And by the way, the math shows you can't get it from the top 1%. No, you it's can't. It's impossible. You can't get yeah. it. You've got to Everybody's raise. Everybody's in. You've, everybody is in. Middle class taxes go up across the board. Yep. Who's for it? You don't have a chance of hell in passing something no, like that. They can't get it. What were they talking about on the on the fuel tax? I think it was 10 cents, but they were going to raise it. You know, in small increments over, you know, a period of time. I forget what the idea was, but it was like, all right, we'll raise it two and a half cents per year. And we won't uh, over four years, something like that. Right. You so, can't get that done. So I'm not going to even get into the argument of whether infrastructure is needed or not. We'll, we'll, we'll assume it's correct. Infrastructure needs to be replaced and two trillion is the number. If you support the president, say the president has to be right because he says it, fine. Then we'll give that to you. He's right on that. Absolutely right. Two trillion is the exact number that we need. Not the one trillion that uh, 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 Democrats had said earlier, but we need two trillion. Fine. Tax the American people. Pay for it now. Medicare for all of Democrats want that. Pay for it all up front Mm -hmm. and ensure that the taxes are there. Don't, don't, Don't tax the American public or go one cent of debt into it, free college, tax the American public on a federal tax right now. If you believe all these things are needed, we'll agree with you. With only one stipulation. Pay for it now, tax the American people now for all of it. Yep. And don't put it on future generations. Right. Forget, so let's forget about the debate on Medicare for all. We'll forget about the morality of whether we should be paying for college for everybody. And we'll forget about not having any discussion on whether infrastructure is needed and where it's needed. We'll just say go for all of it except pay for it now. And there's not a chance of hell in doing it. it the, only, the only way it will happen is if we tax our children, our great our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren. Yep. Now let's have the debate. You want it? You want to pay for it? Yeah. Nobody wants to pay. Nope. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. This hour brought to you by Freightliner. Run smart. Helping you run more efficiently is Freightliner's number one goal. So there we go. No debate anymore. Just are we willing to pay for it? No debate on any of the issues. All the things government wants to spend from the right and the left are correct. Just pay for it today. Go start a go GoFundMe. Go, go, go fund me for the government GoFundMe. Yes, for like infrastructure. That. Uh, we've talked the last day about how some of the numbers have uh, have changed. You see, it's now down to sixty thousand deaths mm-hmm. is what they have said. It, you know, from remember the original was two point two million. Now right. we're down to sixty thousand possible deaths, and every day it keeps dropping. Right. Every right, day that right. we get updated numbers, it's like okay, the projections keep dropping. Uh, which I believe is part of the reason that the stock market went up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders seeming uh, pulling out seems to get a lot of credit for that. But let's head to Benjamin in New York City. Benjamin, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. I'm glad to speak to you. I'm a big admirer, but it's difficult to listen to you because of the time difference. So uh, I listen only, in, you know, sporadically. But I wanted to suggest some additional reasons as to explain the difference in deaths between uh, California and New York City. Because I think the real reasons are the ones that are, there are some that are being overlooked, partly because of political correctness and partly because uh, it contradicts the Green New Deal agenda. So, you know, New York has a lot of Chinese people. And in New York City, the two biggest hotspots for the virus are um, Queens and Brooklyn, which are very, very heavily Chinese. Uh, like that Elmhurst Hospital has been the news. There's a big Chinese neighbor just to the south. So um, I don't think it's strictly the number of people visiting, like, California, New York. I think a lot has to do with the population density, the fact that most people live in apartment houses where you share a star, stair hall or elevator, and people are heavily reliant on public transportation. Well, the, nobody is, nobody is, all right, but nobody is hiding any of those things. Those are quite well known. In fact, we covered them all yesterday on the show, mm. even though there was a report that it seems like, uh, in in the research they're doing in New York City, that most of the cases there came from Europe, not China. Right now, if you're talking about different cultures, because this has been talked about about different cultures that have multi generational uh, uh, families living in the same residence, that has been talked about. Mm-hmm. The population density has been talked about by the task force. You may have, you know, as we have said earlier, we haven't got to it yet in the show, but we did promote it that the the plastic uh, bag bans now that are going away because what they're saying is we don't want reusable bags to continually come into our stores because you may have the coronavirus on those uh, you know on those bags you've you've got Senator Senator Fauci <laughs> Dr. Fauci saying we may never shake hands again right that we may as a culture have to stop shaking hands just not even for coronavirus but just for general influenza. That should be, uh, you know, something that we should do uh, because shaking hands is something that spreads even influenza. But the things that you have brought up, we were talking about on the show just yesterday. Yeah. And right. talking about, in fact, we brought it up earlier today about California looking at it and the reason that they're doing some of the antibody research and why they haven't had so many deaths. And it goes straight to density. Yep. So it has been talked about. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm Gary McNamara along with Eric Harley, RedEyeRadioShow.com. We stream live, get our app, put it on your phone, listen 24-7. Well, here we go. We do have, I believe, uh, we will have uh, roughly uh, four separate clinical trials underway studying uh, hydroxychloroquine. But it's important to remember that um, that, as the president's made the point many times, uh, the FDA has approved what's called off-label use. They have consistently decreased the number, the mortality from over almost 90,000 or 86,000 down to 81,000 and now down to 61,000. That is modeled on what America is doing. Uh, Dr. Burks there, and before that was Vice President Mike Pence. Mm. Two of the issues yesterday, the models keep going down. Uh, The original Ferguson model, as we have uh, told you about, was, remember, 2.2 million uh, American deaths. And then uh, the Murray model started being being used. We know that, what, just a week ago was 100 to 200,000 deaths. Then it was... 80 something or 90,000 deaths and down to 81,000, not down to 60,000. And uh, every single day that they get more uh, information uh, on it, the the death toll uh, goes down drastically. You think about it. I, mean, I don't even know what the factor is. I don't even want to try doing it in my head from 2.2 million deaths mm-hmm. to 60,000. Right. Huge difference, though. And as we have said, that is concerning. It may, if we get out of this quite quickly, and we're back to work. I think, what was it, Austria uh, is starting to open up uh, now again. Right. I was reading that uh, yesterday. If we start opening up by May and business is able to rebound, uh, the American people might look and say, well, okay, the government did know and did a pretty good job on it. Now we know that the we know that the left will be going crazy on it. You heard Mike Pence again yesterday talking again about what? Hydroxychloroquine because... They just can't get off that topic. <laughs> they are obsessed with it. On the View, I guess yesterday too, the same thing. Yeah, they had right. Kamala Harris on there, and they're still, you know, just blasting Trump for using it. And you're sitting there thinking about yourself, yeah, but Cuomo. And again, every day we say the same thing, and we can't believe that they're still bringing up the same thing each and every day, and they still keep doing it. Well, I mean, are they going after the actual doctors who are involved in the actual deployment of the of the drugs? No, we told you about the American. It's all about Trump. The American Thoracic Association, the uh, the the biggest uh, medical group on what respiratory illnesses, said, "Nah, we need to be using it." Yeah, and they just keep. Pounding on Trump mm-hmm. and ignoring everything else surrounding it. Yep, which is I find pretty interesting. Don't don't you all? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, researchers at Stanford are working to find out what proportion of the residents of California have already had COVID nineteen. The new mm-hmm. study could help policymakers more make more informed decisions 
as we are moving through this pandemic, the team tested 3,200 people at three San Francisco Bay Area locations on Saturday using an antibody test for COVID-19 and expect the results in the coming weeks. The data could help prove COVID-19 arrived undetected in California much earlier than previously thought. The hypothesis that the COVID-19 first started spreading in California in the fall of 2019 is one explanation for the state's lower than expected case numbers. Hmm. As we uh, uh, told you before and brought to you yesterday, some of the research coming out from the Murray model uh, when they look at, you know, is why, why they're looking at density. Right. And this is where the Colorado, for example, study, uh, antibody study that we had mentioned earlier in the show is also important because when you even look at that and they extrapolate those numbers out, they got to 10 million people at least have it, mm-hmm. which, again, is an extremely rural area. And and that's key. I was reading an article yesterday, and I, I thought to myself, I can't remember where I was reading it because I just shook my head saying, this writer is clueless. He, he, they were panicking. Do you know how many people that, that ex- expected that it's actually much more contagious than we first thought, and it could be spread out through the entire population? Well, if that's the case, that's good. Right. It shows that many, most in that case, would have the overwhelming majority of people would be naturally immune to it or would have very little ill effect from it. That's actually what you want to see. Right. Then you have an immune society uh, if you have it. For example, if you had if you had 100 million people that have it, mm-hmm. well, that would mean that the death rate is extremely low. And again, there's been speculation and it's pure speculation because they still don't have what I believe is a sample that they're satisfied with. But there's speculation that if it continues to go this way, it might only have the death rate of the flu or even below. Hmm. But again, that's if that's if we find out and the only way you can find that out is with the antibodies test and then you know it. But it is also interesting to see, because I'm really looking at this Bay Area uh, testing, and I guess that's the difference. This takes a couple of weeks. The The rapid antibody tests are talking about means you could get it much sooner, which means if you could get that out by the millions and start testing people, you could do an entire sample of the country mm. and get a, you know, a, a good base just by doing probably a sample of, I don't know, a couple of million people nationwide Hmm. you can then start understanding in different locations okay this is a lot more widespread which means the majority of people have already built up immunity to it Mm -hmm. which means we don't have to social distance as much right and we can start you know opening up the economy again it also would mean that uh things are much if, if at the same time the Hydroxychloroquine is is working with the Z pack and working working effectively, as are a couple of other medicines that they're also dealing with right now. Well, if you find that out and you say, okay, and it looks like we'll have a vaccine by next year, well, the optimism will go through the roof. Yeah. Right. Because at that point, business can start up again. We will also know, and this is the thing they're going to find out from California. Now that China has gone back to, what is it, around the mid-November, mid, mid November, 
and we could they could find out that by using the antibody test whether this was something that was around in October because mm-hmm. the October number is starting to come up. Well, maybe it was here as early as October, right, or early fall. Well, if it if it is, then that would actually be a good thing because then you would understand. Number one, you could you could trace this you know better as to the possible origin you know origins uh, 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 of it worldwide. And then trace it probably, you know, back at a at a better. You'd be able to backtrack better to find out if it all did come from China, right? Yes, For, you you would be certain of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we had mentioned earlier that the story was out yesterday that uh, in New York City they believe that most of the cases came from Europe, not China. Right now, they probably came to Europe from China, but the cases that came to New York City, they believe directly was related to, uh, you know. People, what do they call a community uh, community transfer? Right, which means you were dealing with somebody who have, somebody was dealing with somebody who was dealing with somebody who was dealing with somebody who came in from Europe. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that, early on we saw cases where people hadn't traveled to Wuhan, and and then of course you start tracing back. Okay, but who who have you been exposed to? over the last two weeks i mean you would have to list and 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 by the way most of the people if you're out in society you couldn't list you went to a store you went to a movie theater you went you know you went about your day you know i i wonder because we had the caller last hour that says you know the left doesn't want to talk about it because when you talk about the green new deal and everything else and and i'm so glad i wanted to expand on what he said because part of liberalism, and I know a, uh, an, an old, old friend of mine went to college for urban planning. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. He came back and visited me. And we had a great weekend, except I told him, get out of my car, you communist. Right. Yeah. Because he he went to college for urban planning. He went to college for liberal urban planning. Yeah. And his whole point was nobody should have cars. Everybody should live close together in small apartments. We shouldn't have yards of our own. Everything should be communal activities. Uh, everything should be public transportation. Well, everything we've gone through just blows that idea right out of the water, doesn't it? Yep. And so you ask yourself, how could this transform society? One of the things that you and I have talked about is, you know, we, we, we had fun with it a couple of years ago. And it's really an interesting concept. And I love the uh, reality shows on the tiny homes. Mm-hmm. But those tiny homes are just a little bit too tiny. Most people don't want to live in them. No. You can find a very small minority of people that might want to. But I grew up in two parents and five kids in a thousand square foot home. Mm-hmm. Go to the suburbs that were built all over this country. In suburbs all across where the middle class lived. Middle class didn't live in 2,400 square foot homes. No, no, no. No, they did. The first house that my parents actually bought in San Antonio. I mean, I look at it and I my because my brother went there and he took a picture a few years ago of the of the house, what it looks like now, still in good shape, but it's tiny. Yeah. When when it, whenever I go by the house that I grew up and I went, "Wow, we all fit in there." We didn't know any different. It was fine with us. Mm-hmm. But that's where the middle class lived. The middle class lived in houses that were roughly, you know, go through, go through the 
in the 50s when it all happened and I go to my parents and all of their homes in that and all the subdivisions yeah, right. were basically built in the 50s and then some in the 60s, 1,000 square foot homes. You didn't have 3,000, 2,400 square foot homes that you see in normal suburbs today nope. or even 2,000 square foot homes. They didn't exist, which means what? More people could afford them. Will that be a trend that happens? Will we be building uh, smaller homes? Will people tend to say, I don't want apartment living anymore. I don't want to live. I mean, will that be an immediate reaction that we'll see over the, the, the next couple of years based on this pandemic? Because I, I, think, it, I, I think it could be uh, to some extent. Um, you could see, again, I, I could see developers. The problem is, is that where is the extra space? Well, it's not. And in New York City, it doesn't exist. It, which is why you do what? You build up. Yes. And and that's the case with uh, multiple family homes, you know, mm-hmm. apartment buildings. You, you're going to have to maximize the space, the ground that you have. The only way to do that is to build up. And, and I thought about it. I mean, even... Hotels, we've, we've been talking about people, society has been nervous about staying in hotels for a long time because of, you know, you, how much do they actually clean? <laughs> what do they use to clean and everything else? And, and most hotels are fine. Bed bugs. Yeah. But the, the whole idea, though, now is what could we be exposed to? Because the coronavirus, COVID-19... It'll be behind us at some point, but I think what comes from it is is a generation or two that question. Well, wait a minute, could there be another virus right now that they don't know about that I could get from blah 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 blah, and it will change the way people act, the way they behave. Well, I guess will there be a different way that we look at the flu? Forget about the coronavirus coming back, but you had Doctor Fauci saying. We really shouldn't be shaking hands anymore in our society. Think right. about that. Yeah. Something as cultural as shaking hands. Right. I mean, everybody did it. Yep. You shouldn't be shaking hands. Does this mean I shouldn't be hugging anymore? People are going to. Now, th- we may forget about this five years from now, mm-hmm. but it will remain for a while. That, I'm, you know, that, that thought process said, and will we look at it and say, well, you know, influenza, we have. 80,000 deaths a year, we don't need to have it. Right. That will, will there be a promotion constantly? Don't shake hands. You know, use the, right? Remember the whole thing about the, the, the gel. Well, people shouldn't be using, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? The antiseptic gel. Right. right. And we shouldn't be using it as, uh, everybody's using it. You don't need to use it. Now it's mandated that you almost have to use it. Right. And the plastic bag bands. Mm-hmm. You think of all the things that has come out of, liberalism and liberal urban planning and i just said the people now look at and say wow uh there's a there's a a problem here and will it expand not just to uh, outside of coronavirus to the flu which isn't going away because the flu does evolve and so when you have dr fauci coming out are they are is a medical community going to say look we could prevent 80,000 deaths a year if we didn't do all of this? Will there be a push in our culture and the culture of the medical community to change the way that we live? The oh, plastic, I, I think so. Yeah. The plastic bag bans yeah. were slam dunk in liberal cities. We got to do it. We got to do it. 
You see the cities that are now saying, I'm sorry, you, you bring in the same reusable bag all the time. Uh, you're bringing in uh, the possibility of bringing in germs. Well, and also how the media, I think, covers and viruses. things like the flu. There's over 80,000 deaths in the U.S. alone every season from the flu. And hundreds of thousands of deaths worldwide from the flu every season. Will they be doing the count, you know, Johns Hopkins style, basically, yeah. for other illnesses, viruses, and diseases? 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, he is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Yeah, I'd mentioned this. Here's the story from The Hill. Uh, Anthony Fauci, the director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and a key member of the White House uh, Coronavirus Task Force on Wednesday suggested that Americans should never shake hands again. Mm. When you gradually come back, you don't jump into it with both feet you say, what are the things that you could still do and still approach normal? One of them is absolute compulsive hand washing. The other is you don't ever shake anybody's hands, Fauci told the Wall Street Journal's podcast. I don't think we should ever shake hands again, to be honest with you. Not only would it be good to prevent coronavirus disease, it probably would decrease instances of influenza dramatically in this country i mean it, it is it, we're going to be watching everything now we're going to be i mean focusing on every single thing if if you said the flu during flu season because most people don't get it but if you but now as flu season uh, approaches next time it'll be coverage and it will be nonstop. here's your forecast well, it's a rocky start to your Thursday morning in the Ohio and Tennessee Valleys. We have numerous tornado watches that have been issued by the National Weather Service, mainly for western Tennessee, eastern Kentucky, central and southern West Virginia. But that system is moving throughout the morning towards the mid-Atlantic and northeast. So look for additional areas throughout Virginia and the mid-Atlantic to pick up this threat for severe weather throughout the day. Most intense right now is rainfall along the Virginia-Kentucky border, and since we're talking about a mountainous region, potential localized flash flooding. We can also look later today for severe weather to fire up for southern Texas. A couple other areas of concern, snowfall in the upper Great Lakes just north of Chicago. For the northeast, heavy rainfall later today with snow for portions of the upper New England states. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio, I'm meteorologist John Trout. Your forecast is brought to you by the TruckSmart mobile app from Travel Centers of America. Download TruckSmart today to get what you need when you need it.
Broadcasting from a secure containment zone, Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Good morning. Welcome. Let's go to Matt in Montgomery, Alabama. Matt, hi. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, guys. How are you? Very good. What's up? Good deal. So, you know, we know the depths that the media is going to go to to lie. We've seen it. Any critical thinker can objectively look at it and see it. And we can easily look and we can see the disparity between uh, the coverage of Cuomo and Trump. And um, it occurred to me uh, last night as I was listening to y'all's podcast from the previous night that uh, it just occurred to me where I think they might be going with this, or at least it's a a theory that uh, it's not beyond them to just pivot all of a sudden any day or uh, any week and say, look, some of these deaths that we're seeing in New York, the reason they're so high is because of the hydroxychloroquine that Trump promoted that, and he duped Cuomo into <laughs> using. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what they did with impeachment. They, they blamed Trump for what the Democrats were doing. They're not above, they're not above that. They're not above, and a lot of these deaths are on Trump. The, the drugs killed these people. Cuomo only did it because Trump said said it was good. Uh, well, they can only do it if they're uh, assured that he cannot be a presidential candidate, which he's not going to because <laughs> Biden Biden got it. But yeah, the uh, they will. Which then we will respond. Well, wait a minute. You were just promoting Andrew Cuomo as the the genius to be president of the United States. And now you say he's been duped by Trump, the idiot. So before, you know, no, you're no, no, you're right, though. It hasn't. I mean, that that's the that that's the whole point. It doesn't matter. You know, we we can go all the way back and, and thank you so much. And thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We appreciate that, too. He's listening. See, now that's the kind of listener we want. Listen, Listen live, live and to the and podcast. podcast. Yes. Everything. Yes. What's wrong with everybody else that's not doing that right now? Shame on you. How dare you not listen to the show twice a day? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then go back and listen to the day before show the day after. Right. <laughs> that make any sense? Uh, look, nothing's above what the media is doing. That's why the beautiful thing is you can call... And give the most wild speculation where Democrats or the left would come to you five years ago and say, come on, you can't make that point. Well, now you can. Yeah, right. You know, it, it is a, um, um, <laughs> wow. I I just, again, the the uh, the media is not going to, you know, as the caller mentioned, it, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll get uh, a year down the road and all the medicine will be working and everybody will be fine. We'll be back to work. And then they'll be opening up a new impeachment hearing in the House. You know, did did he handle it the way he should have handled it? Do you think we'll have the uh, Article 3, which will be the hydroxychloroquine killed Americans right. portion of impeachment? Well, and you only need, I mean, because you would only need, what, uh, at least one or two deaths from uh, of people that have taken hydroxychloroquine, even if it's not related to the hydroxychloroquine, 
you got to put yourself in the mindset of the liberals right now in the House. Well, and, right. the, and the Senate, right. but but the House, you know, going through and 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 bringing up those ridiculous articles. Yeah, you'll you'll bring a third. It says, well, see, he lied. People died. Boom, impeachment. Well, and the legitimacy of us throwing out the most wildest speculation as to what Democrats would do is now completely and totally justified. We can't be criticized for it because it was the Democrats in Article 2 of impeachment that Mm -hmm. said the president must be removed from office because he said, wait a minute, I have my constitutional rights. Let the court decide what I disagree with Congress with. Nope, he must be removed from office and we must overturn a presidential election. If Democrats will do that, anything's mm-hmm. on the table. Yep. It doesn't matter whether it's based in truth. Right. It doesn't matter whether it's based on something that is as standard as anything in America, which is letting the courts decide when there's a dispute. Mm-hmm. And they say, nope, he must be impeached and we must overturn a presidential election because of that. That's the key right there. As we've said, it was always article number two. You can discuss article number one. And you can sit there, well, we he could have, we, we could have, would have, maybe could have done something, even though there's no evidence that he did, and we could have that debate. But each article stands alone, and each article was voted on separately. Yep. And the one that's most clearly easy to understand, and such a slam dunk, is article number two. Yeah. I mean, article, number, article number one was still bogus, mm-hmm. but article number two is the one right there where you can say they will sit there and actually say overturn a presidential election because the president said, number one, you didn't even, you didn't even ask for a subpoena on the vast majority of them. And the one subpoena you asked for, you pulled. You're saying that if I don't respond to what you say and I decide to go to the courts to resolve the dispute, I never said I wouldn't follow the order from the court that I should be removed from office. Right. That's what they said. Well, for God's sakes, they would do anything. What won't they try to impeach this president on? So don't be surprised that they come back. Yeah. Right in will. October. They will. We're starting impeachment on the president because of hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> and we're charging him with a new article of impeachment, medical malpractice. Well, it will actually, I think it could be two new articles of impeachment. And the first would be the fact that people died from coronavirus and the president didn't do anything to save them. And then the second will be the hydroxychloroquine. That he, that he, that he tried to save them. Right. Too hard. Yeah. So he didn't try to save them will be article number one. Mm-hmm. He did not try to save them. Then he did try to save them. Yes, will be and, article number two. And yes. article number three mm-hmm. would be shutting down the air flights from China. Yes. And number four that would was be racist. the the, um, the man who died from the fish tank cleaner. Yeah. Ex- oh, yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. fish tank, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would, That's so article number four. Four articles of impeachment. Yes. You guys are which, being... Which re- is... You guys are just being ridiculous. No, wait a minute. They're the ones that said him, remove the president from office because... He wishes to follow the Constitution, and nobody can debate the fact that the president doesn't have the right to do exactly that. So it throws your argument out of the water. We can speculate as much as we want as wild speculation and call it legit. Why? Because you Democrats voted for the Democrats that put in Article 2 of impeachment. Yep. End of story. We win the argument. It 
you know, wait for it to happen. It will start on November 4th. The day after the election. Oh, if he's elected. Yeah. Oh, I think it might start. Let, let's start our let's start the impeachment in September. Yeah, why not? Yeah. We're all back to school. Mm-hmm. Everything's back to normal. Nobody's shaking hands anymore. Right. And then I can see the media <laughs> and part of the divisiveness that, that was caused by the fact that Trump didn't handle coronavirus. And so no, nobody, nobody will shake hands now and make up. And so Trump has caused the cultural distancing that exists today because nobody shakes hands. Yes. This is great. Man. We're divided and separated as a nation. You know, you and, and I, it's his fault. You and I need to quit this and. And 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 pick up the uh, the ownership because they went out of business of Mad Magazine and started again. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, it's it's too easy. We could write all day. Well, I mean, this is how they behave. Yeah, these are ridiculous thoughts. It comes from the very, uh, I, I mean, recent ridiculous behavior by the left, <clears throat> by the Democrats. Wait for Adam Schiff. Just wait for it. Let's go to Steve in San Francisco. Steve, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi, Steve. Welcome. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. How you doing, Red Eye listeners? Say, uh, before I get into this hand-shaking uh, thing, I am the reason, I'm just a caller, I'm the reason all these homemade face masks have taken over America in the last week. Two days before the trend started, I got on the radio and says, why are we doing this? It's so obvious. It's going to cut down at least 50% of the infection rate. And I'm also the reason Chevron gas stations offered gloves because I mentioned that the vector of touching a gas nozzle is one of the main vectors that's passing this thing on. So I've done my part, but I want to do my part some more. My dad was a doctor. I'm, I'm not an expert, but my, my dad was a doctor. And by shaking hands, you really are putting yourself in danger of spreading this thing further. Boris Johnson got his disease from shaking COVID-19 patients' hands, for example. Mm -hmm. For six months, we should, as a nation, bump knuckles at the very most. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. I don't don't know where those knuckles have been. No, 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 no. And I'm not bumping elbows either. I'm going to say hi, and then I'm going to say stay away from me. <laughs> uh, the look, new I, handshake is, is, is using the gel as you come into the room. I, I don't believe the CDC has come out and said that touching gas pumps is the major way that this has been spread. In fact, they don't believe that even – now, it is a metal – part of it is a metal surface, mm-hmm. as we all know, which it can live on. It is outdoors with extreme temperatures, mm-hmm. So, uh, but they have never come out and said that that surfaces are the major way that this is spread. Right. It's person-to-person contact. Uh, not that you shouldn't be careful. We wipe down our studios every day. So, mm-hmm. But uh, th- there seems to be this whole thing about, you've seen it on the media, that it's the, the gas pumps that are, well, number one, not a lot of people are pumping a lot of gas these days. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, there hasn't, there, I've seen nowhere what anybody has said of, Anybody of any type of medical reputation that that's the leading cause, mm-hmm. and you see that a lot on social media. But shaking hands, yeah, that's always talked about. Shaking hands can spread. Yep, the you know the the influenza. We've known that to begin with. Sure, but again, that's the cost benefit analysis. Because we're not publicizing the flu every day, right? 
we view that shaking hands as a custom in our society and in most Western society, that the cost uh, and the benefit of shaking hands to greet someone uh, is worth the possible cost. Right. Well, I mean, again, how many risks do we take every single day? Every day. And we're, you know, we're, we're still willing to get in the car and drive. We're still willing to do a number of things. Um, gosh, uh, the, uh, you know, just going to your doctor. Okay. Everybody is there primarily because they're sick now. I mean, they, they do go in for checkups, but if you're there for a checkup and you're not sick, you're wondering how many people in that waiting area that just sat in that chair and they're really sick. Well, we take risks every single day. We don't shut everything down. Well, but there is one advantage to shutting everything down. What's that? My drive to and from work is very easy. Yes. Traffic, a lot less I'm, traffic. I'm going to have a lot of road rage when business kicks back in. Oh, man. I, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> Eight, six, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. All right, get ready for the dumbest question as so far <laughs> at the coronavirus hearings. This one by New York Post reporter Stephen Nelson. Um, so it, one of the biggest rating hits um, of the coronavirus, aside from these briefings, has been a show on Netflix called uh, Tiger King. Yeah. And uh, the man who's the star of this is a former zoo owner who's serving a 22-year prison sentence. Uh, he's asking you for a pardon, saying he was unfairly convicted. Um, your son yesterday jokingly said that uh, you know he was going to advocate for it. And I was wondering if you've seen the show and if you have any thoughts on uh, pardoning uh, Joe Exotic. Which son? It must be Don. I had a feeling it was Don. Is that what he said? I don't know. I know nothing about it. He has 22 years for what? What did he do? He allegedly hired someone to murder an animal rights activist, but he said that he didn't do that. And he was. You think he didn't do it? Are you on his side? Uh, well, I, I'm are you, are you recommending sides, a pardon? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not advocating anything. As a reporter, you're not allowed to do that. You'd be. <laughs> uh, of all the questions that you could. You know how many dozens of questions I would want to ask that panel right now that are never asked? Oh yeah, every I've day got we go through this. Dozens yeah. and dozens right. of questions that <laughs> I that I have specifically that are related to the substance of information that I want, and if I want it, I know, and and they're unanswered to me. And these right. are the experts, yeah. and I've got this time every day to do it. I'm talking. I've got questions on the antibody tests. I have specific questions about the hydroxy, you know, chloroquine and and ZPAC. How many people have gotten it? Uh, you know, you know, it, are, are we keeping the numbers on it? How many people have shown improvement? There's so many different questions to ask that people want to know just in general for their own health, possibly people they know and businesses thinking, are, do, are we getting a handle on this by reporters asking specific questions to the experts out there? And they're asking a dumb question like that.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.